Bookworms Horror Podcast is sponsored by Creepy Crate. Creepy Crate is a horror and true crime subscription box filled with spooky collectibles, macabre accessories, and terrifying goodies. Each bi-monthly box is filled with over $85 of terror and includes at least one horror or true crime book. This box delivers dread to your doorstep for just $39.99 with free shipping. Go to creepycrate.store to subscribe. Use the code bookworm5 at checkout to get $5 off your subscription. That's bookworm5 for $5 off your subscription. And now to the show. Welcome to Bookworms Horror, the podcast that offers you tips for writing in the horror genre. I am James Zippoli. I produce multiple podcasts, including The Real Demons of Pop Culture and This Is Some Scene. And joining me is Regina St. Clair, a Wadi Award winner for Best Horror Novel, as well as multiple screening awards, screenwriting awards, including a Webby honoree. Regina is also the contributing editor of the best-selling Local Haunts, horror tube anthology you can find regina and her alter ego batilda at her booktube channel regina's haunted library and on her blog rstclair.com we are both the editors of the book worms horror zine gina's over at the haunted library i'm in the office of demonology let's talk technology in horror and how we get around the technology that exists the one thing i like about reading stuff that is from a different time period is in today's world, you might think, why didn't they just pick up their phone and dial 911? Mm, mm-hmm. It is just, you have to explain why things like that if you're writing for to, in today's time period. Oh my gosh. With the, the cell internet, phone. Cell phones, all that stuff. That's going to be on their mind, so it better be on yours. The th- I, that is the bane of every writer's existence yep. is the cell phone. And do you remember when early days in the cell phone when you could be out of reach? Like, yep. we're not getting reception. Like, that that was a great uh, way out of it, you know? Like, we're so far out in the mountains, we're not getting any signal. Well, now, that's... Uh, is there any place on this earth, even Antarctica or something, where no, you can't so get a signal? No, so released with iOS 16 on the newest iPhones, it's called SOS Satellite. Mm-hmm. And so it's designed that if you are out of anywhere, you can still contact 911. Oh, wow. Through the satellites. Unless you drop your phone in the creek. Well, yeah, you have to somehow get rid of that device. So these are things that if I was writing, I would be like, I have to somehow get rid of the phone. I have to get rid of the, you know, the connection to the Internet somehow mm-hmm. if I'm in a house. Right? A lot of Same thing with smart devices, like your you know, there was, um, I think it, I didn't see it yet, but the new Scream movie, no, there's the thing where somehow the, the killer connects to the home network and can like open the doors because oh, she's like, lock smart. the front door, you know, lock the oh, front door and then like, open the front door. It's <laughs> like, Alexis, open the door. Yeah. So it's like, you really, and I would tend to write in the 1980s or something just because I wouldn't have to deal with any of that. But then you have to deal with the period, and you have to get the period right. Not That's 100%, true. but close. Yeah, like I'm writing a, a young adult novel uh, currently for... It's not it's not a horror... It's more like a V.C. Andrews-type book. But uh, for Wattpad, I'm almost done. And how I got around the uh, cell phone is 
this girl's adopted by this like really religious conservative family that don't believe they believe cell phones are like devilish. Right. So no one's allowed to have one. So that kind of got I got around that. But yeah, it's a pain. It's a pain when because that was a big thing. If you remember, James, back in the day, even through the 80s, they always had the shot of the hand cutting the the, yes. <laughs> the, the phone, wires, the phone yeah. wires. <laughs> you know, and even, you know, they, you used to be able to play with that stuff, like mm-hmm. in, in the movie, like the phone calls coming from inside the mm-hmm. house. Like that was so scary. Yeah. But now I, it'd be like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like there's a whole section in like a sequence in uh, Black Christmas mm-hmm. where they're tracing the phone call. Like that was always like, part of like the clock running out at the end of the film it's like we got to trace the call yeah you know someday i'd like to we should do an episode just on like things that work that wouldn't work anymore or mm-hmm. or that would work and people should explore it True. Um, because there was always certain sequences that were created great suspense and uh one of them for example would be developing film Yes. Oh, I forgot about that one. And that was always a great suspense. Right, because you're, you're in the dark room. You got that mm-hmm. red light. Yep. So it's very dramatic, and then you would see the photograph slowly come, you know, yeah, come to, to life. Yep. And like in uh, Omen, yep. remember the? Oh my God! Ev- yeah, I love that. Developing the photos with the heads cut off. Yeah, not as effective, but it was in Jaws too. <laughs> of course, it was. <laughs> Where, uh, you know, in the beginning... All roads lead back to Jaws. It does. But they had the scuba diver was taking pictures, gets attacked, and then they they go in there, they're doing this film developing, and Roy Scheider's convinced it's a shark, and they're like, that could be anything. (laughs) (laughs) Now they could, like, you know, Uh, zoom in on the pixels and and do, like, facial recognition. Digitally enhance it. Digitally enhance. Well, that's another thing. And speaking of digitally enhanced, remember in uh, Blade Runner... Yes. The, the the photograph is being digitally enhanced yep. on like an 80s computer for the entire film. Yeah. No, that that was really a cool. Yeah, effect. we don't we don't have that anymore. There's a lot we don't have. There's a lot we don't have and it, a lot of it has to do with I in fact I've noticed more horror films have tried to go beyond the the bounds, you know, of civilization in order to escape those tethers yeah they have to get out somewhere in the woods or into space they have to go into the jungle or the space or uh, even the the recent movie fall where they climb the cell tower uh and they're at the top like that they're taking them well there's two versions of this there's one fall where they go to the top of the cell tower and they have to get rid of all the technology because they're stuck up there and they have a phone it drops you know Mm -hmm. they do everything they can to keep them from being able to connect and get help and Mm. then there's the opposite of that was like 40 meters down where oh like uh they go to the bottom of the ocean and they're stuck down there there's sharks okay i didn't see either of those but that sounds cool but you know i guess the only other alternative is to have like an evil presence take over the phones you know yeah, and that's been done. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that's been done. Uh, which, But that's also something you can do when you're creating your rules. Like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, I need a villain, and maybe the villain has some connection to the technology. That You know, that would be a very interesting, uh, like, documentary, like, a, uh, to s- survey how technology has 
been played out in horror films, you know, for the past like Ooh, 20 years or really something. That is a really good idea. It is a good idea because you think about like, I was th- thinking, what was the movie? I think it's called Sliver. It's this bad Sharon Stone movie. <laughs> that's with the worms? No, it's when she lives in the huge, no, that's Shiver maybe. Uh, she lives in the huge apartment building and, uh, oh, what's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal's like watching her from every, he's, he's like in the uh, with, room with yes. every single camera angle. I know, yeah. It, that, I mean, that's been done before, like the, the, the control room where you're watching. But, you know, there was some, actually, it, this was kind of a bad movie, but I watched this film that came up on, you know, one of my streaming services about the, it's like the Zoom call. Did you see that? No. And all the different women are like participating in the Zoom call. It was like during COVID. <laughs> and then like one like says, oh, someone's at my door. I'll be right back. And then she never like returns. That's interesting. It was interesting, but unfortunately the acting was like super bad. And like, I sound as a Valley girl there. Super bad. <laughs> but, uh, it's totally. This is totally bad. Gag me with a spoon. Gag me. But uh, it was gnarly. But the, like it, that was, that destroyed my suspension of disbelief was bad acting will do that yeah <laughs> like michael creighton i think his first film was westworld wasn't it oh yeah it was which is really old like he must have been super young when he did that and that still i was watching some of it uh i, I saw that movie in the movie theater when i was very young and i loved it yeah i absolutely loved it and that you know he was predicting i think that's what good science fiction does it predicts what will happen that could happen and probably will happen like uh you know we're not at the west world uh state of robots but we're pretty damn close yeah yeah we are damn damn close i mean i don't know in our lifetime what it'll be like but my kids man they are yeah i don't know what to think it's gonna be like terminator skynet and stuff i don't know i think that having uh i think war will change i mean in some ways it'll be good you know you're not risking yeah, if you're sending bo- robots you're sure. not risking bodies. You're risking, you know, technology. Technology but that would cost a fortune. Yeah. Like you know, if you look at the price of a and God, I hate I'm saying this, but the price of a human going to war and dying versus a nine million billion dollar robot, you know, then the economy is going to go nuts. So <laughs> wow. like, what a thought. I yeah. don't want humans to go. I'm just no, saying, I, don't I can't imagine that they would get anybody to agree to that kind of money. Where's that money coming from? Oh, we're getting way off topic. Here, I know we are, but you know, but they have drones and things like that yeah. that can like kill people. And yeah, but you I mean, see those scary. drones that get shot down. Then the biggest article the next day is we just lost a eight billion dollar drone. Yeah. And now the enemy has our technology. Mm. So I don't know. I don't see the. You know, I get it. It's better to have robots dying, but until we can get them cheap enough, I think then we can start sending them in. But then. I don't know. Who knows? I hope I'm not around watching. Okay, question though, before we continue. Do you think like plague horror is played out? No. So I think what's happening currently is plague horrors and zombie horror are coming together. I think also with COVID, I think we're going to see more of it. Okay. I personally don't. I like dystopian horror. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you can come up with a way to do a plague horror with a, a fresh take, I'm all for it. I'm, 
you know, yeah, I just, fresh take. I read. Um, I don't know if you ever read. It was called One Second After, and it's by William R. Forstjen. And I don't know if I'm saying that name right. And it's like a trilogy. There's another one called One Year After. This is uh, the idea when if technology. So it's more like a virus to technology, mm-hmm. and we lose everything. And there yeah. is and there is science behind this, and it's a very scary thought. Um, that if you read one second after, you'll see like, wow, how much we depend on so much stuff and how quickly we go downhill. Yeah. And it's a really good story and it's frightening. But, Uh, you know, I I do remember during, and this was before the internet was just everywhere and smartphones, I think, were everywhere, is during Hurricane Katrina when that city, New Orleans, shut down completely for weeks, uh, this journalist wrote this really good, I have to find it, but he wrote this really good series about how he and his neighbors, they had a house, like an apartment building in the French Quarter. And if you've ever been there, they have like these um, courtyards and they close the shutters during, you know, parts of the day when it's really hot and they have these courtyards and they had a pool in the courtyard and how they became like really civilized. This whole group of people got together and they like rationed their food and they would have these dinners by the, by candlelight, by the pool at night. And they felt like, well, we're okay. Cause we have water in this pool. And it was just like, it slowed down the world where they could actually like talk to each other. I would be willing to bet that those people have money. Well, I mean, it. I guess it maybe had a little bit of money because they were living in the French Quarter, but it was an apartment complex. It wasn't I, like- yeah, I get that, but like a lot of that stuff during Katrina, I mean, there was so much devastation, and the people who lived in like the sadder parts of town didn't have. It, it was much right. More I know what you're right. Well, so they got completely flooded. Right, and so I think, and then no one was coming to save them, and so, you know, I agree that there are, there. I think I saw, like with COVID, I think we all, f- I, I saw more positive out of that in the COVID mm-hmm. world um, than negative. It's uh, all, it, that's, that's all kind of like a weird dream. It, it is <laughs> like a weird dream. And, and it's interesting, and I'd love to hear from like our listeners, how many people wrote more? Mm-hmm. I did. I wrote like four books. <laughs> 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 but I, you know, I, when I was doing, I had a podcast that's kind of on hold now, but it was the Songsmith podcast, and I was oh, talking, I remember that, yeah. And everyone who had, you know, I interviewed had songs they wrote, all mm. these songs they wrote during COVID, and not like oh, it's COVID, but like they, it made them think a lot more about the world and themselves and their lives, and yeah. they really dug deeper to come up with their art in but that see, time I, period. I think if you're creative. Like, I'm not worried if if there's, like, a sun flare. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm older. I've lived a lot of my life. but and, and everything shuts down. As long as I have, you know, I can survive, I'd be fine. Yeah. I have a lot of books I could, you know, spend time reading. Yeah, my wife always says, like, you would not have found a happier person than me during that <laughs> D- time During period. COVID. Just, yeah. like, yeah, the world shut down. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I know. I, I, was, I think a, a lot of us who, like, just... That's what's fun about being creative, and you can waste time, and I do it too, like getting uh, pulled into stupid rabbit holes. This is why I, I told my husband just recently, I'm just, I'm like, I'm not watching the news anymore. I'm, I'm- All right, so let's wrap this up. You can find 
us on Instagram at Bookworms Horror Zine. You can also check out the show notes for all the links, especially if you want to pick up the Bookworms Horror Zine issue one, five bucks and uh, free shipping for the first issue. And we will be back in a week with another episode. So thanks for listening. All right. Sounds like fun. All right. More to talk about. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bookworms is a Gorilla Delphia production. (laughs) 